feeling in touch with your religious side? Wanting to rid yourself of sin? It's your lucky day because God is a trans woman, woman. Sasha Sidek. And Jesus is non-binary, binary, binary. Jacob Gamble. Join us on Queering the Air every Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. Queer and trans, arts, politics, pop culture, and everything in between. Only on Tree CR Community Radio. Come worship at the altar of your queerness desires. We would like to acknowledge that this event and all of the work that we undertake as a crew happens on a stolen land. We wish to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the traditional custodian of this land we call now Melbourne. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We also would like to extend our respect to our trans elders past and present. You're on Queering the Air here on 3CR Community Radio. Welcome today. I'm Jacob Gamble, your host, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm <laughs> Sasha Seidek. And her pronouns are she. And I will never be her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. And we're also joined uh, in the studio today by a very special guest. Um, I'd like to invite David Hood. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I was going to make a crack about you don't need to look good on radio, but you both look fabulous. Oh, ah! thank you, Debbie. So do you. Thank you. We just give you a compliment just now, looking really good. Yeah, we found out about 10 minutes ago that mm. you are, how old are you? 78. 78, and doesn't look a day yeah, over 50. Yeah, that's it. Seriously. Oh, look, I want that in writing and sign, please. <laughs> put, it, put it on my wall. Thank you very much. Drop the routine, David. We need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to all our listeners. Um, coming off such a humongous three weeks mm. of Midsummer, of Pride. Um, last weekend, if you were tuning in, Sasha and Adorea had a Pride Street Party Vox Pops where they went around the streets talking to queers at the Pride Street Party all about the issues that mattered to them. How mm. was that for you, Sasha? It was liberating. I mean, um, to be honest, it was really hot and I almost passed out. I mean, 15 minutes in, my brain was foggy already because it was so crowded. It was hot mm. and I was wearing a backpack. So I didn't have my water bottle um, on my hand. So and because I have the microphone with me. So but having said that, that was really, really good. We get to speak to a lot of uh, people who have different views and I think very respectful of um, each other views as well, which I love. Mm -hmm. mm. And what was was like the standout interview for you? The standout interview would be um, there's this lady um, when we asked a question when, um, about 3CR because we were giving away prizes mm -hmm. and um, when we found out later we didn't get it in the Vox Pop that she used to volunteer at uh, 3CR in the 80s probably yeah no way I know no that's way. why she got the answer straight away that um that um uh, uh 3CR was established in 
1976. Yeah. Which very close to the date, to the year 
On 3CR, you heard Franz Liszt, Etude Opus 1, Number 9 in A-flat, played by David Hood, and that's me. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get that in. (laughs) Love it. And just before we we jump into the chat as well, I also wanted to mention it is our very own subscriber drive. Mm, Yeah, do you you know that 3CR has over 120 weekly shows covering an incredible array of content as well as our special broadcasts like Invasion Day or Trans Day of Visibility. Mm-hmm. So become a subscriber and support Radical Radio today so you can go to 3cr.org.au slash subscribe. Subscribe and it means you can continue to listen to this community controlled, independent and grassroots media. Mm. Very important um, to talk about things like we're talking about today. We're jumping into the origins of Pride. Um, we're speaking to David Hood who if you weren't here for the the start he's um a 78 as well as a very talented pianist um so david you were there on the very first mardi gras on that day well yes and no what people i know i've got you going what's he talking about <laughs> um what people don't maybe remember is there were two sets of arrests in 78 but in mm-hmm. the same year there was the early um mardi gras mm-hmm. the first one and then late august uh, there was a national homosexual conference in Paddington mm-hmm. and we were invited on the last day to to walk down to Taylor Square and apparently, I had to look some of this up because it is a long time ago in 1978, right? Um, Fred Nile was having a demonstration in the main park, his name I've forgotten for the moment, um, and anti-abortion as well. So there was a proposal from somewhere to say, okay, let's go down and sort of counter that. And I remember a couple of the uh, organisers in the Paddington Town Hall saying, don't do it, you'll be arrested, right? Now, I was one of three students from Hartley College in Adelaide who were paid by the student union to go to the conference from Don Dunstan's Adelaide. And Don Dunstan, if you can't think of who he was straight off, was famous for going into Parliament in his pink shorts at one point. He was married twice to women, and then after he got out of politics, he was with a male partner and ran an Asian restaurant in Adelaide. Fantastic guy. He came in after 30 years of Conservative rule, Country Party as it was called then, National Party, liberalised the drinking laws, gay sex was changed in 75, I think Mm. it was the first date. Mm Uh, got the festival theatre going. He was a force and he was into the arts. And how he got to the top of the Labor Party in Adelaide, I don't know, but he did. Thank you, Don. Um, So we went to the conference and we set off on the footpath because we were told if you're on the footpath, you're not on the street, it's not an illegal procession, right? Lambs to the slaughter. So we go down and at Taylor Square, all the little side streets are closed off and the police are down all the side streets, right? Couldn't see them. We get to the actual square and a rather obesely challenged policeman, shall I say, came out <laughs> with a microphone and went, yeah, that's 30 seconds to disperse. And the minute you turn to get out, they pounced, right? Mm. Which was good because the ABC cameraman was filming. Everybody must have known about this, right? Mm. And filmed it and when it went to court at least a year later the camera footage showed that we didn't have any time to disperse so that all the charges were dropped. But I spent the whole day in the Paddington lockup. 
I didn't see anybody bashed, but the police were sneering. I remember having a little plaster cupcake in my bag. I'd bought at a street fair or something with a little cherry on the top, right? And the policeman goes, oh, look at this. And I, there was one funny moment. Um, a lesbian, when asked her name, said, Gertrude Stein, the writer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought... Oh, she knows her, her way around getting arrested. I thought, okay. And, of course, the cop didn't twig at all that that was a famous lesbian writer, which was quite funny. Um, I was in shock, I think. I didn't have a, a big jumper on and it was quite cold, so I was shaking, I remember, mm. through at least the last part of that. Finally, we got out. It took a whole year to get those charges dropped. Mm. Um and it's interesting, I found a letter recently going through the stuff for the archives and I should really give whatever I've got. As you said, I'm getting on a little bit. Um, there was a letter from Neville Rann, who was the police minister in New South Wales, and I don't think he was the Premier at that point. He might have been. And I wrote to him after the arrests in that period and said, look, there was a demonstration in Sydney of... Um, a sect from Yugoslavia, whether they were Serbs, I think they were Serbs, but one of the one of the ethnic groups, and they were threatening to kill people. And I said in my letter, here you have the police standing by why a certain group, doesn't matter what their background was, that's irrelevant, are threatening to harm and kill people, and yet mm. we were peacefully marching down the street mm. and we got arrested. Yeah. All the names were published on the front of the Sydney Morning Herald. Mm which meant some teachers and people like that lost their jobs. Oh. I had abusive uh, mail back in Adelaide and I was actually working in a high school with music students and there were three young male students, probably about 17, and working in a, in a rehearsal room with just them and me and I thought, I better speak to the music head, right, just in case someone says something or it becomes an issue. Mm. And luckily... He said, oh, that's okay. I told him I got arrested, blah, blah, blah. And there I was on the ABC News that night or the next night. So, mm -hmm. great, thanks a lot. Mm. Um, so that was good. There was no problem for that. Mm. Um, but it, it certainly was very confronting to actually be arrested and see the process and where the police were coming from. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, yeah. a crazy experience, right? And it's an infamous piece of Australian queer history. How do you feel seeing the way Pride is celebrated today compared to back then when it was, you know, this big, insane uh, encounter with the police and, and that legal ordeal that you said lasted for over a year? How do you feel looking at the events and how it's panned out today? I'm, I haven't come to a fixed position on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what I've done is actually talk to people and just find out what the various positions are on this. And I understand how some people can see it as mm. um, making things nice, or oh, the police are marching in the parade and whatever. I was mm. talking to a friend of mine who knew of or knew two young guys in the police, police officers, who were harassed and trolled and killed themselves. And he mm. said, no, not until the culture changes. Yeah. Um, there's another line of thought that back in 78 it was us against the police 
there's a police liaison committee I know. <coughs> I don't know much about its work, but I know that's been going on quite some time. Mm. Is it better to be working with the police and pushing against whatever's still lurking around to try and get some change by getting involved with them? Mm. So I haven't come to a final conclusion yet. Can I tell my police story back from the 1960s? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. I was at the Apology for Gay Men in State Parliament, right? And Daniel Andrews did a really good job. He was in the chamber. We were watching in Queen's Hall on the screen. And he had people in the chamber who had been arrested, lost their jobs, had to go overseas, were thrown out of the house, whatever. And he had some of them there and talked about their cases. And I'm sitting there and I'm a calm, calm person, right? And I felt myself getting all tired and emotional. Mm. Something was bubbling up. It was really quite odd. Yeah. And I've got tears in my eyes. Now, that's not me. And I thought, what's going on? And this memory popped up from the 1960s. Mm. And... I found when I tell it to younger people, and I'm not trying to typecast you, Jacob and <laughs> Sasha, they look at me and go, what? Because it just doesn't, it, they can't compute it. The computer can't compute it, right? Mm-hmm. So the, what happened was I was living at home with my parents in Noble Park and I got onto this older guy somehow or other, I can't remember the details, and he used to park in the next street in his car and I'd go and get in and off we'd go, right? Dot, oh. dot, 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 dot. The gays I'm will sure you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> the gays will always find a way. Yeah, that's right. We're very that's clever, it. creative people. Yeah. So we're driving along um, Princess Highway at night, right? Now, I need to mention that this was before seatbelts in cars, right? It's relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting quite close to him because you're not locked up in a certain position. And I might have had my hand on his knee. I obviously can't remember. The police pulled us over, right? They took us out of the car individually and quizzed us separately. And luckily I knew his name and what he did as a profession and he knew enough about me. And... Finally, they let us go after quizzing us each for five minutes, maybe. And I'm sure if we'd lost our call or didn't know who the Uh other guy was, we would back in the station getting charged or bashed or quizzed or whatever. And what was the reason they stopped us? Because we were, quote, sitting too close together, unquote. Mm. Think about that. You pulled over sitting in a car. Yeah. And it really pushes you to be quizzed like that as if you're doing something wrong and you're not. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't any, any sex going it's on. For assumptions, some. yeah. It was just sitting next to someone. That's great. And it just goes to show, like, I think there was a lot of intent to harm from mm, police. Mm, mm. If that's something they were literally keeping their eyes peeled for. They well, spoke. there was a lot of entrapment, mm. too. There's been a couple of books published recently by people looking at guys back in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and police used to bash and entrap and, you know, the whole mm. thing. Wouldn't get away with it now. Yeah. So that has changed for the better. Mm. Mm. And it had to change. Yeah. yeah. And how has this moulded your kind of attitudes towards the police? Because we know there's a lot of distrust mm. within the LGBTQ plus community. Does that kind of align with where you stand now? I'd be very interested in talking to people who feel like that just to see where their background, where they've come to that point, Mm. just to understand it a bit better. Mm. Um, I suppose I belong to an older demographic who 
had maybe a different attitude to the police in the past. So I'm still, as I said, making my mind up, but I'm very open to talking to people mm. about it. Yeah. Mm. No. But in the past, the experience could be <coughs> really scary. Mm. Of course. Very scary. Well, we've seen videos definitely on documentaries um, where police is um, power trip on uh, LGBTQIA plus mm. people. You know, on the um, on Thursday, August 9, 2018, the New South Wales Police Commissioner Michael Fuller gave an of- official apology on behalf of the police force. Were you there? No, I wasn't actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that's been done. Mm. And do you see like a drastic change where um, gay and lesbian people can actually feel safe after that apology? I think it has changed. I mean, some of the things that I'm talking about when I was growing up, which seem like out of fiction now mm. because the consciousness has largely changed. And I think in a lot of ways the same sex survey and then the marriage quality going through, that was a big change for 60 plus percent of Australians to say, yes, we want that. Yeah. That that was a bit of a sea change. And I know there's more stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's how done. you go about it. How do you? I, I'll say something else, actually, which I feel very strongly about. And mm-hmm. I'm, I've been gearing myself up to ring Alba, Anthony Albanese's office again. Mm-hmm. I rang the office before the election and spoke to a very nice woman in his office and said, can you pass these comments on? I said, I'm very concerned about the religious privileges bill that's what I call it Mm. Um, we don't need it please just don't go there Mm. and now apparently it's in the pipeline to come back Mm. and apparently some church groups have said yeah that's good we want that now we don't know what's in the legislation but I'm very very strong that if you have a clash between people's secular rights gay and lesbian or whoever and religion, it has to be the person's rights that come first. Yes. Mm. I don't care what any book says. We just can't tolerate that in Australia. We are a secular society and church and state are supposed to be separate. Yeah, mm. human rights. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think, Common uh, sense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think with, you know, i a big advocate for sex workers as well. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and we put a bill. I mean... We have a lot of problems with the police, especially with sex workers, uh, yeah, street-based sex workers who've been abused by the police. And, you know, we can't keep fighting the police. So no. we end up putting a bill and try to decriminalize um, sex work in Victoria. And mm. at the end of the day, you know, keep fighting will go nowhere. So we end up sit, have a sit down and talk to them and educate them what we want. It's a good approach. Mm. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, mm. no, I think there's been a lot of different approaches uh, to the issue of policing in, in queer communities. But I'm also curious as well, because there's been a lot of discourse around, you know, the future of, mm. of events like Midsummer and, um, you know, how should we be celebrating these events in a way where everyone feels safe? Mm. Do you feel like some people have maybe lost sight of the real meaning of of pride and the real purpose of these events to bring people together? Well, can I ask you, what do you think the meaning of pride is and the events? How should that be shown Mm. or experienced? It's interesting. Let's put you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sasha and I have been having a lot of chats this week because there's been... um, We did get a bit of 
um, backlash backlash on the, the program yeah. last week because a lot of activists are saying Midsummer um, engages in pinkwashing and police they they have yeah they they're very pro uh, police so yeah. why should 3CR be doing a broadcast and for us I think well speaking on myself. Mm. I thought pride actually means something different to everyone. Yeah. And as someone who, you know, has, you know, is visibly perceived by the world as queer constantly and is, you know, receiving, mm. you know, the gawks, the stares, the comments, like the, the slurs, like it actually is very healing for me just to be in a space surrounded by people in public, taking up space um, mm. as a queer person surrounded by a community so that to me was the real meaning of pride. And I think perhaps I'm in a privileged position where I can sometimes put those moral ide- ideals aside and say, yeah. you know what? Like, yeah, I disagree with a lot of the stuff that happens, but mm. for now, like, this is what we have. And we're so lucky to have this because how many other countries in the world can mm. say they have such a, a public um, queer pride? So. Yeah. I so think for, being, yeah. sorry, I was you know, cutting you, you off. Yeah. So being with your tribe is really important. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's and what, it is an interesting feeling, it is. isn't it? When mm. you're with hundreds of people and you think, where are they during the year? I don't. It's see almost these like people. a reunion as well. I haven't seen some of my trans woman friends yeah. for for years, and it's always at this pride they will be there. It's yeah. truly yeah. like yeah. a festival of love for me. Like, it is for I, me too. I go in and I just feel nothing but love. And that's actually healing from like. You I mean, know. like we usually go to Pride Festival. It's not like we go there to support pink washing or we go there to no. support police. It's mm. not in our mind. We don't want the police there. We still, uh, we will be. Uh, it will be a dream for not the police not to march yeah. anymore for sure. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, we get backlash from that for being, you know, being there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, so I guess, you know, we want just just clarify that being there doesn't mean that we are supporting pick washing or um the police. I'm there for my queer community and also um, you know, mm. people keep saying, especially for BIPOC, um, queer people and also trans women of color say take up space. This is mm. when they take up space and they're getting paid for it for being an artist on a big stage. Mm. So, you know, and get their name out there. So this is a good opportunity for a lot of queer people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Very yeah. true. It definitely, it means something different to everyone, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, these days. And it's just important as a community that we can all respect each other's needs yeah. and each other's approaches. Um, When's so, the last yeah, time you yeah. were at Pride, um, David? Um, I didn't go this year because it was going to be very hot. It is. <laughs> um, we were struggling. Yeah, but... Um, I'd love to be asked to go on a float sometime. I'll leave that with you. Oh. Okay, all right. <laughs> I really, yes. just on that, I don't know how many 78ers actually live in Melbourne because mm. a lot of them would have been from Sydney. Correct. I, I've met a few of them. I, I'm from Melbourne, but yeah. I was from Adelaide at the time. There must mm. be a few around. Yeah. I'd like to actually get together. To with be them. honest, we can actually find out with Queer Archives. Yeah. 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 Yeah, every Trump Pride Center. I'll find out. There okay, I'll some, make it happen for you. There's some homework. That'll yes, be okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. <laughs> but I guess circling back to that um, discussion about like the future of Pride, I mean, what do you see as important um, to retain going forwards with these events? Oh, gee, that's a big question, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, it's going to evolve, isn't it? Mm. It has to, and it's probably evolved over. How long has it been going for now? I've lost track. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> decade <laughs> or so. Um, it's actually from the 
uh, I believe it's from the 80s, 89. So quite a while. Yeah. That's 40, 40 years sort of roughly. Yeah. Um, I did have one comment I'll pass on to you. Was that absolutely 1989. Oh, Pride, they need to shush themselves up. Can't they get decent floats and juice it up and blah, 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 I keep saying this too. I mean, there's unfortunately, there's no budget here in Nam, unfortunately, in Melbourne, um, compared to the one in uh, Sydney, Mardi Gras. Well, Sydney takes a year to put it all together. Let's, yeah. let's get money <laughs> well, for the floats. Thought. I just thought I'd throw that out there I agree with you with this. Fred. I mean, like, we need to juice it up. Okay, there's, a, there's a task for yeah. us. It's funny you say that as well because I think... You've been looking at Mardi Gras, where does the money come from? Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. the um, yeah. sponsors Corporations, that. honey. Corporations, yeah, so of course. That's a whole nother so half we, hour. Are we just in another circle? part of the pinkwashing. Yeah, pinkwashing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know. Um, we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a working if progress. It's, if it's not, I'll, I'll get a really nice costume for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds gorgeous. <laughs> Well, did you have any other comments you wanted to add or anything else to that we can um, marinate on from your wonderful lived mm. experience? Oh, thank you for that. Um, it's great to be asked to talk about the past. Some of it seems so far back, and it is. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, being in my 70s, I really did not see myself as staying in the gung-ho activist phase but that religious privileges bill which i will call it that Mm. it's not rights it's privileges has really got my dander up in Mm. secular australia so i will ring anthony Anthony albanese's office tomorrow and ask for my comments to be passed on and say i will Mm. not support it in any way shape or form Mm. and um so i still have work to do i did a lot of letters to members of parliament in the last year about that very topic or the year before Mm-mm. And you've got to stand up and be counted. There's still a lot of work to be done. Definitely. And we people here are doing it. Yeah. And a lot of others too. So good on us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Inspiring words from the man who founded Mardi Gras himself. <laughs> David Not quite. He <laughs> <laughs> was there for it all. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, thank you David. We really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Sasha. Yes. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to jump to a quick song now. We'll be right back after the break. We're going to be speaking to Frank Gaffer from the No Police at Pride campaign. Stay tuned. You're on 3CR, Queering the Air. Thank you both. Find a way, find a way to discover There's nothing wrong Find a way, find a way to recover It was there all along Fire Rain 
was Rain by Samuel Gaskin, um, who is a lovely friend of the show. (laughs) Um, And I think before we go ahead, I would like to say that 3CR is a radio in your language, giving voices to your community. And also 3CR provides um, independent community-owned media free of commercial influence and government bias. So subscribe. Mm -hmm. How do you subscribe, Jacob? (sighs) There's a few different ways. Mm-hmm. You can drop into the station and subscribe in person. We're perched at the lovely 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Give us a ring on 0394198377. The office is open Monday to Friday, 9 till 5. Or you can also head online to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe and set up a recurring subscription. So... Yeah, go ahead, support your radical grassroots community-led radio, because that's what we're all about. Um, and this episode of Queen the Air, we've been talking a lot about the mm. origins of Pride, yeah. the history. We had some great stories there from our first guest, David Hood. And I'm really excited that we're going to be chatting to our next guest, who is Frank Gaffer. Frank, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me and the No Police at Pride campaign on. It's an absolute pleasure. We're so glad you could make it yes. uh, to the show today. Um, do you want to start off just by telling us a bit about the campaign and, and who you are and, and what, what it's aiming to achieve? Yeah, so um, I'm Frank. I'm a, a Wawanaradri uh, man from New South Wales. Um, and um, I'm a long-standing queer activist. I used to do equal marriage um, campaigning when I lived in Canberra for a number of years when uh, the government still didn't allow us to get married. And so um, I've 
always been very, very active in the community and also in um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organising um, as well. And I'm a unionist. Mm. Uh, my background is union organising. Um, and so the campaign um, came about um, out of uh, a number of reports that happened over a sort of two to three year period um, starting in 2019. There was a Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission um, report that came out about um, internal issues within VicPol, uh, mm. specifically around um, members of the uh, queer community um, feeling unsafe and, and reporting high levels of discrimination within the police force. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on from that, over the over the preceding years, there was a re- uh, ABS reporting around the fact that um, half of uh, people within the community um, didn't trust um, police. Mm. Um, and then there was also finally a, a Victorian Pride Lobby um, report that came out that reported that out of four people um, didn't want police to march in uniform um, mm. in Pride. Um, mm. And so one of the responses was that um, VicPol ran a community forum at the end of um, 2021. I think it's always hard to remember years yeah. because mm. of COVID. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 2021. <laughs> yeah. um, it happens. Uh, uh, but there was a forum that the police ran um, and um, there was, even with that forum, there was... Uh, community concern about the forum itself being inaccessible. So the police Mm -hmm. sold the forum as a way to engage with the community after all those reports had come out Mm -hmm. um, about there being a lack of trust. Uh, But the forum was run at the Pride Centre in St Kilda at three o'clock in the afternoon on a work day. Mm -hmm. And so it was already very inaccessible for people. Um, I took the afternoon off work Mm. um and you know but not a lot of other people could have done that um and uh you know the way that they fielded questions in that forum as well was um you know not really i I, my 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 firm belief is not really in good faith the question that i put down was rephrased um and asked in a very different way than i put it um and so um, yeah, Hiro Badge uh, is the other organiser on the campaign and uh, they and I, we um, talked with uh, community members and community organisations about um, what uh, should be done about about um, these sort of reports coming out of community and that's where the original petition came from in mm-hmm. 2022. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and we got um, in that first year over a thousand um, signatures and there was also um, an open letter as well Um written to Midsummer and then the government and VicPol. Mm. Mm. Some really effective um, grassroots organising there. Yeah. So props to you and your comrades Thank for you. that one. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a lot of evidence that, you know, you just said three out of four people don't want the police marching at Pride. There's been issues um, highlighted within VicPol. Um, in the face of all this evidence, what has the response been from Midsummer? And other, I don't, you don't do work in yeah. Sydney, Mardi Gras, do you? No. Okay, no. so just Midsummer, what's been the response from them? So in in previous years of the petition, we have um, had meetings with Midsummer. So we have had some conversations with Midsummer and um, reasonably um, open dialogue. Um, and we also did have some meetings with the um, LGBTIQ plus um, commissioner um, mm. as well mm-hmm. uh, when that position was filled. That position hasn't been refilled um, yet. Not yet. Um, and it's, been, it's a big shoe to fill. Yeah, and yeah. it's been a number of months. So hopefully they yeah. get that position filled. Um, uh, yeah, so we have had some open conversations um, with uh, Midsummer. Uh, Vic Poles never responded to the petition, never engaged with us, um, mm. which is which is a real disappointment. Yeah. Um, but um, 
on this year's petition, we've had, um, I think, over 2,500 signatures now. When we submitted it to uh, midsummer, there was uh, about 1,800, maybe a bit more. Mm. Um, and this year, we've had no engagement from midsummer. They haven't responded to us mm. uh, at all, mm. uh, neither of the government, uh, for that matter. So, um, yeah, and I think um, over the years... Um, you know, Midsummer. I know they released a statement um, after the Pride, or just before the Pride March this year, I think, talking about the work they have been doing in sort of moving the police, um, you know, incrementally yeah. um, to um, sort of participate in a better way within the march. And so, mm. you know, totally acknowledge that. And that's sort of conversations that we had about the work that they were doing. But um, yeah, I think recent um, police actions and, and events over the last few years have, have shown that I don't know whether that's really sustainable yeah. to have incremental change. Mm. Mm. So um, when you said you don't want police at Pride, that means do you want completely no police at um, the march or in a whole in Midsummer Pride Festival? So at the moment, we're just talking about the march. Okay. So yeah. um, I think um, talking about police involvement um, holistically um, in Midsummer is a, a larger conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one, I think that should happen, but we really want to focus on the march, march. Um, at, at this point, um, mainly because um, the march is, uh, in effect, the original yeah. um, part of Pride um, mm, within true. the community. And so, you know, all the other things like Carnival and the Pride Party, they're sort of add-ons, mm. but the march is actually the heart and soul mm. of Pride. And so that that's the thing that should be protected yeah. um, from from police involvement. Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely I think, you know, in, in future years, we should be open to having that conversation. Mm. Mm. It is frustrating because it feels like the community conversation has moved so far ahead mm. of what's happening in these organisations. Like, I feel like there's a lot of consensus on the ground about, like, this isn't what people want. Yeah. And yet the higher-ups don't seem to be listening. Mm. So, yeah, it's frustrating. But I guess there's also been a lot of different opinions in the community about this as well. Like, mm. some people are saying, well if there are queer cops or cops in the LGBT community, mm. shouldn't they be allowed to march as well? Are they not allowed to have pride? I mean, what's your kind of stance on that? So we've been um, consistent right from the get-go of the campaign that we, um, we're not saying that police as individuals can't march in the, in the parade, can't be involved in pride. They're mm. members of the community as individuals. Um, I'm sure they play tennis or they play volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure that they have Outside. more to their personality yeah. than yeah. just being a cop. Mm. Um, and so they don't need to participate um, as a cop. Mm. You know, um, I've never participated in a pride event um, with my employer ever. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm not too, I, I don't really understand this sort of um, argument yeah. that um, somehow your 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 identity is so mm. entwined with your employment, and maybe that's the unionist coming out of me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like your work is your work, and your community is your community, and you should be able to engage right. with community as an individual. Mm. Um, and so, for those um, people who are making that argument, I think I put to them, you know, really have a hard think about. Um, is being a cop really all you have to give to the community mm. or are you actually a member of the community? Mm. I love that perspective because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it really goes to show like just how, I mean, because another issue that's been spoken about as well is how corporatized it is mm. and how, and you've just said like why are we so tied to our role in capitalism that, you know, we need to march with our yeah. employer. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the police marching, I think it's getting smaller every year. I think it's a mm. lot smaller this year. Mm. Um, I guess it's, uh, we're seeing progress and hopefully they will be wiped out by, you know, hopefully next year. Yeah, like, we don't know that's gonna happen, but we can only hope. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we can hope, but unfortunately, I think it's about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you saw, but Vic Pohl, um have announced that they're going to continue to march. Oh, um, even though, it yeah, it, it, even though, like I said, they haven't engaged at all. Yeah, with, with we the have petition. one year to you know yeah. to work on this. Um, mm. Yeah, but we actually announced um, <laughs> last week um, that we're going to um, actually do a counter mm. um, Pride March. That's the plan anyway. We're yeah. going to have more details that will come out in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've made the decision um, in consultation with um, members of the community that, um, you know, there's, there's no real um, in good faith um, yes. engagement now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, in previous years, there was a response. Mm. This year, there's been no response. And then just a firm announcement that they're going to keep doing what they're doing um, and not really engage with the clear public outcry um, and, you know, mm. not really properly respond to the violence that happened mm. um, in this year's march as well. Yeah. I mean, do you think with the protesters that could affect that, um, why they have been silenced on, um, on you? Um, so, do, do you mean... I like, mean, like, you know, the protest that has been going on for a couple of years now, and then this year was, I think, the biggest one um, yeah. that made to, you know, all media platform. Um, does that protest maybe have affected where they actually want to do more at March now? They said they're going to be marching next year. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, you know, when they responded to or? you, like, a couple of years ago. Well, I, I think... Um, you know, the only reason why protest is escalating is because police refuse to engage mm-hmm. uh, properly. Okay. So I think um, it's real, really problematic that a large amount of the media around um, Pride March this year has been um, about the protesters being mm-hmm. the, the violent actors and yeah. about the protesters being the problem and about members of the community being at Pride being mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. um, when, in fact, we should be talking about um, systemic um, police violence um, yes. against our community. So we only have to go back to last year when there were literal uh, Nazis on the street mm. um, protesting <sighs> protesting in yeah, inverted yeah, commas yeah. Yeah. Um, about um, the existence of our trans comrades mm. um, and literally the police reaction to that was to... Um, you know, in in uh, there were many reports from the Melbourne activists' legal support um, that you know uh, the police were um, biased yes. towards um, inflicting yeah. violence on um, yes. trans people at those protests um, rather than the Nazis, yes. and so they allowed um, them to salute. Yeah. Exactly and, right. And they were pushing the. And you know, we had a conversation about yeah. this yes. when it happened. I remember, and they were saying like the police were like. You know, having a mm. violent pushback on the rainbow rights yeah. protesters yeah. Mm. instead of them, instead of the yeah. Nazis. Yeah. yeah, and I think in light of that, um, you know, when you think about that, just in two thousand and twenty-three, it is people doing um, that outrageous and mm. grotesque salute in public, mm. being protected by the police. It is. Um, why? I don't know why we're surprised mm. there is there is a protest about the police being involved. I think mm. it's quite in, disingenuous of the police to act like they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, very clear that they, they, they know what's going on and they don't want to listen. Mm. Of course. Mm. And I, I also really 
just want to say I loved your comment before about the media positioning the the activists and the protesters as mm. the problem. Yeah. Because I totally agree. I don't think there has been enough kind of recognition that like all well, the aggravators have historically and, and in present day more often than not mm. been the police. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and touching on that as well, it's, it is um, exciting to hear that there is going to be a community-led yeah. pride. Mm. What can we expect? What values are you hoping to embed um, to continue on from the traditions of pride, but also reinventing new ones? Well, it's early days. We only announced last week. But really, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that um, the essence of pride is community and community involvement and community organising. And I think with um, the march um, in its current um, guys, especially with police involvement, mm. um, you know, it, it's moved away from actually being, um, you know, community-led um, and um, safe for community. So I think the main goal of a counter-march is to actually create a space that all community members can come and participate and feel safe and not feel threatened um, mm. and know that they're going to have community members around them who are going to protect them. Um, and so um, I think for me, um, especially being, you know, an, an Aboriginal person mm. um, and, you know, I, I, I've done a, a lot of um, work with um people previously who um, have had bad experiences with police um, and I really um, feel strongly about um, making Pride a safe space um, for everyone and so mm. no matter what we do and what, what the counter-protest or, or march looks like, um, hopefully it'll be a space that people can take um, or retake ownership of. Mm. Mm. So, so no to pinkwashing, no to cops, yes to community um, it sounds really great. So good on you guys for, for <laughs> pioneering you. that. Yeah. And do keep us up to date. I want I want the details as they come out. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully, well, um, we have an Instagram page now, if mm. I can give that a bit of a plug. So Please, if, yeah. yes. if people search um, No Police at Pride, um, we've got an Instagram page up and we've started putting um, updates on there. But mm. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. pretty much uh, be trying to keep that updated as the year goes on um, to keep people involved. Um, and the goal as well is to actually um, actively involve community groups. Mm. And so we will be inviting community groups that are already um, involved in the march. We don't, mm. you know, we... we um, see extreme value in community organisations um, mm. uh, being, you know, actually representatives of the community um, rather than um, corporate organisations and the police. Yeah. And so mm. there's no, um, we, we don't want to shut people out. Um, mm. We want to bring people in. Yeah. That, that's the whole point. Um, and so, yeah, the best way to keep up to date is um, the Instagram page. But yeah, we'd be happy to come back on and have more of a chat about it in the future. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. With all the teas. <laughs> yeah, because all I do on a Sunday afternoon is just games. So yeah. you're just getting me away from my computer. So that's great. Oh my God, we're dragging you out yes. of the house. Oh my God, you, you made me have a shower. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Not making the unionists work on their day. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and is that petition still open? Uh, yes, it is still open. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So uh, we did um, close it um, just before the um, march happened. But then mm-hmm. with the events that happened on the march, um, we made a decision to reopen it. And that's, uh, like I said, it's got over 2,500 signatures now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more. I, have, uh, I, I haven't I have checked it in the last couple of days. And I think it's still 
keeps getting signatures. That's and, good. We're yeah. definitely going to link that up in our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Head, head on Great. to the website. Yeah. Um, Frank, any final comments or thoughts to add? Um, no, not really. I just, um, just a bit of a, aside, I guess, but I just like to say why well, I've got the airtime that um, solidarity with um, Palestinian protesters mm. at the moment, both mm. here in Melbourne and everywhere across the country and the world. I think, um, yeah, what's happening there um, in Palestine, it's a, it's clearly a genocide and it's atrocious and mm. um, none of us are free unless we're all free. And I think um, mm. it's very important to remember as activists that um, there is intersectionality involved with everything we do and yeah. that we can't advocate for one group without advocating for everyone. So yeah. just a shout out to Palestinian activists. Mm. Free Palestine. Yeah, and ceasefire now. Yeah. Ceasefire mm. now, mm. yeah. Exactly. Well, some great words to end on there. Frank Gaffer, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Yes. Yay. And we're nearing the end of our show now, so we're going to jump to a quick track and then we'll wrap up. We'll be right back after this.
That one was Nightmare by Marnie Blue. And that brings us to the end of our program today. Yes. If you liked what you heard, yes. there's I a great way you can support us. Exactly. I just want to tell you that 3CI is not a for-profit for community organization. And our subscribers are vital to our financial independence. And we do have fantastic diverse program from gardening to electric music, community mm-hmm. languages to First Nation voices. Cutting edge, current affairs, and much more. Cutting edge, yeah, and cutting lawns too. <laughs> Whatever you want. So if you want to support us, um, you can become a subscriber. You can drop into the station at Twenty One Smith Street, Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. Have a chat with one of the friendly staff or volunteers. Or you can give us a ring on 94198377. The office hours are Monday to Friday, nine to five. Or you can also hop online. 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe and you can set up a recurring subscription while you're there. Yes. You've been listening to Crewing the Air? Yeah, with me, Sasha. And Jacob. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Same time, same Same channel, 8.55 a.m.